0: And then you have the doctor come in who represents those of us who are like, What the absolute fuck is on the TV now? (laughs) Spock's
1: talking to fucking rocks again. Like, what's what's going on? (laughs) Captain Spot, Stardate 81 21 53.1. Welcome aboard Starship's Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave. From the world of CinemaSins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your captain Ian Whittington. And with me as always, rumor has it her skin was sold at auction and is currently owned by Ben Stiller. It's Ambassador Dunay. I'm guessing he just loans it back to you to use when you need it.
0: I don't know. I don't recommend my skin. Maybe my (laughs) puppy's skin because his fur is so soft. Look at it. You heard
1: it here first. Ambassador Denai is endorsing skinning puppies and selling them at auction, Mr. Ville. How are you how are you today?
0: I'm wonderful, darling. Let me see those puppies.
1: <laughs> no, the puppies.
0: I do have I do have the puppies close with me today mm. because they have been in the trash. Right. And I am assuming that they're going to be getting ill at any minute. <laughs> like,
1: oh, you don't you haven't assessed what they've eaten out of the trash. I Just know. Just the trash was consumed.
0: Some of what was eaten um, because I found massive bones of chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know how many bones they've consumed. Hopefully, mm. hopefully they didn't swallow anything. I, I had a not. dog once that swallowed something from the yard and it almost Ugh. killed him.
1: Oh, poor puppy. It was but, oh. really,
0: really, really grim. But he recovered and he's fine. He lived out his old, old days. Good. So I'm kind of like cuddling my dog going, okay, buddy, just gotta
1: <laughs> right, it up. stop getting
0: in the fucking trash
1: dick well i look forward to catching all of that on audio forever um until then let's do an email
2: emails
1: okay hailing frequencies open everyone it's time for us to read your emails from discord twitter and well email 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 um that's a reference to something i don't know if i've put in the episode or not but we're in the cargo bay because this is where we do our emails now
0: did you add the echo last week i
1: cannot remember i don't think i did i think it was too much hard work
0: <laughs> yeah
1: okay. there was a whole bit about okay. we were gonna be in the cargo bay but that should mean that we have an echo because the cargo bay is echoey but yeah i don't think i edited my way around that well this one i mean it's it's a reaction it's a reaction email to to last week um you you showed quite a visceral and understandable disgust towards um leonard bones mccoy oh no some slack for this as usual which is understandable because i'm not showing i haven't shown you an episode where He's great and he's good and he does cool stuff. All we saw him do was attack Spock and be a bit racist. So we, a bit.
0: <laughs> is there really such a thing as a bit? It's a lot. You either are yeah. or you are not.
1: Green-blooded hobgoblin. He's he's very racist. But I think well, one email that, that some, and the emails were all very kind. Um, but Ken Holthauser says, good afternoon. I'm a fan of your podcast and I enjoy the episodes and perspectives immense, immensely. But the, oh, doctor, no. the Dr. McCoy slander is, I love this unfortunate oh <laughs> it's no. so intimidating it's like, well isn't that unfortunate um after only two episodes our stalwart ambassador dene has reached a hasty conclusion that our beloved old country doctor is a complete dick
0: <laughs> hold on a second. is he quoting me there yeah. is a quote complete dick, complete
1: dick. Oh, now he does follow up by saying i think saying kind of a dick is more fair So, we are talking about degrees (laughs) on a spectrum of dickishness.
0: Right, 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 right. Like, he's not completely getting slammed. Yeah. Right, right, right.
1: He's on there, but not a complete dick, which is fair because we haven't seen enough of him. It's clear that he has a long-standing personal relationship with Captain Kirk. They're close friends. McCoy clearly wants to be Jim's best friend. But then this Vulcan upstart swaggers in with his logic and his droll shade. And suddenly, Old Bones becomes the third wheel. A perspective I hadn't thought about. Kirk and McCoy do predate Kirk and Spock.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, this is interesting. Okay, Mm -hmm. I need more emails like this for some backstory. Context is is important.
1: Context is key. Yeah, this is good. On top of that, McCoy is hardly the most dispassionate physician that ever practiced. He makes Hawkeye Peace look like a snowman. I don't know who Hawkeye Peace is.
0: Hawkeye Peace? I think
1: that... Is he from M.A.S.H.? Might be from M.A.S.H.
0: Are you talking about Hawkeye Pierce?
1: Pierce. Yeah, Hawkeye Pierce.
0: Is that M.A.S.H.? Yeah, that's from M.A.S.H. Yes, let's go!
1: Um, Look like a snowman. Spock, always dispassionate and measured, shows him every day the sort of doctor he should be. So he's getting like worked up because he's like, man, I wish I could manage my emotions as well as Spock. Is there a bit of jealousy there? What choice does McCoy have but to needle him, to burst that perfect facade in front of his beloved Kirk, to convince him that the emotional intelligence is just as important as logic? subsequently what can spock do in return but ignore his foolishness and make him an even bigger irrelevance in front of the captain like two siblings squabbling for daddy they envy each other as much as they admire each other i still say amok time would give you a better sense of our belligerent bones but alas no creature in all seriousness ian and danae i love the show live long and podspur and he shared Holy some shit. awesome artwork that he's done of the good doctor that looks beautiful and we'll attach that to the episode description um really 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 cool artwork
0: what Um, an amazing email first of all thank you for not just hating on me but for giving me context i do need to say too though that just because i'm saying that i 100 percent absolutely hate this character does not mean that this week i will 100 percent change my mind
1: she reserves the right to flip-flop and completely 180 absolutely
0: yeah but i do have this um Part of my personality that I am working on, not that that is something that should
1: <laughs>
2: this podcast qualify is me for
0: grace or anything, but <laughs> I am working on the finality of my words. I often say like complete or 100% mm. because I'm feeling that level of passion in the moment and I sometimes do forget to leave room for the other. So that's why you just take what I say with a grain of salt.
1: Well, and that's all part of the passion of the Star Trek community. Everybody has a favourite something, and it's it's such a passionate community. But to your point about, like, arguing points and making opinions, the three-star reviews on Google don't get read. The one-star reviews and the five-star reviews get read. So we have this inbuilt, to quote Dicer, polarisation of society where to be heard you have to be at one extreme or another so a movie is really yeah fine it was either the best movie ever or piece of shit should burn so but and that's entertaining that's just part of part of what we do but absolutely loved that email ken thank you for the additional context to provide some extra context as well although in the moment i love the ambassador feeling her feelings and just letting it fly and natural (laughs) consequences will occur
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i unfortunately am not gonna like every character but at the same time i do like that i have a little bit more of your perspective Mm. and it shouldn't all be on you captain so thank you for spending the time to write it what a wonderfully well written email as well that was really enjoyable thank you okay this week
1: ambassador the monster medley continues with the original series uh this time it's season one episode 26 now apologies if i confuse anybody because sometimes The episodes of TOS wobble by one in season one because the pilot is technically episode one, but in terms of how it was broadcast, episode one is actually episode two, the man trap with Kirk. So this is technically episode 26 of season one, but sometimes listed as episode 25. But yes, the devil in the dark ambassador we're going to specify the predictions a little bit more. We still want an oddly specific prediction, which could be absolutely anything. But what kind of monster do you think that we're going to be seeing this week? The devil in the dark.
0: Oh, my God. I hope it's a cave monster because they have been alluded to in um, uh, lower decks. Yes. You caves. Know, like we're always going into the caves. Mm-hmm. There's the cave monster. And we haven't, I haven't seen one of those yet. And when you said devil in the dark... I was like, ooh, ooh, it's a, mm. cave, it's a cave,
1: it's a cave,
0: it's a cave, it's a cave, it's oh, but maybe it's not. So we'll see, we'll see. Nice. could be a cave monster Love
1: that. Week. Possible cave monster. Oddly specific. Bones is racist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, here's what I'm seeing in my mind, mm. and I have learned to just go with it, Love whether it's true or not. So yep. what I'm seeing mm-hmm. in my mind, and I do have a little bit of context because of Lower Decks pointing this out so nice. strongly.
3: Um,
0: I'm seeing phasers aimed... Phaser's fired. It's not working. We have to get to higher ground.
1: Oh, phaser's aimed, phaser's fired. It's not working when you have we have to get to higher ground. Love it. Yeah,
0: so like they have to go from the level that they are on up onto like a ledge or something higher to get away from this creature. This
1: So it's like a retreat situation. Mm. Yeah. And I'm
0: seeing goopy in my mind, but I don't I don't know if that's because on lower decks it was goopy. You know what I mean?
1: Goopy. Okay. So we'll put that in the big prediction. Goopy cave monster. (laughs)
0: okay sure a goopy cave monster amazing very very drippy
1: (laughs) i'm excited to get into some more tos um we'll see you guys in 10 forward for a full debrief we're heading over to the holodeck oh by the way ambassador i forgot to tell you that we're going to start using the original series transporter for this episode and at least next week just to be authentic how do you feel about using a transporter that's a hundred years older than the one we've been using I'm walking. Excellent. Two to be out.
0: No. No.
1: 10 forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator or something and share our immediate <laughs> thoughts and feelings <laughs> in the episode we just watched. The most important question first, when will I remember to update my show intro from two and a half years ago? It ain't going to be today. Ambassador, what can I get you to something from the replicator?
0: Silicon. Something silicon, you know?
1: Just something silicon. Just a rock. I'm just going to get you a pet rock. This is the pet rock episode. Oh, it's the pet
0: rock episode. What is I love it
1: so much.
0: Popular... Silicon based item. Let's just see what comes up.
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I'll just a couple nipple covers for me.
1: <laughs> silicon oh, they are silicon. Yes. Some silicon based that nipple that covers. The first yeah. thing
0: that I look up on it knows me well it knows that that might be something that i need
1: absolutely okay well ambassador i am going to uh well as inspired by the chat i would like a meatball dish from olive garden because (laughs) i mean what else is the Uh horta other than a gravy covered meatball dish and if you want to join us in the live show sometime you'll get to see that firsthand not the olive garden dish we have a lovely picture of the horta on screen
0: i do i do have a question what's silicon versus silicone Because that's something else, is it auto-changed my silicon to silicon. Oh,
1: interesting. Silicone is different to silicon, I think.
0: Both materials are widely used, both contain silicon, and they are almost spelled the same, but there are significant differences based on two. (gasps) To make a long story short, silicon is an element, and silicones are polymers containing silicon and oxygen, and often carbon and hydrogen as well. Well, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that?
1: Well, now I feel fully educated. Um,
0: Thank you, Google, for giving me the quick description from machinedesign.com.
1: Well, now that that's out of the way, give us a synopsis. I
0: don't know that I can do nipple covers anymore, but that's okay. Let's get (laughs) into the show. Okay, on today's episode, our beloved TOS team has to go to... What ha- we've seen before, which is a planet that is being mined for its resources, but this time they've gone too deep and they find the Balrog. The Balrog? But this time the Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> the Balrog it's is the Balrog. a mama. And the mama is so mad because so they've bad. been killing her little babies, her mm-hmm. her eggs. But can she say that? Not until a mind meld when she learns English, because this creature can use its caustic materials to murder or not, and Mm -hmm. has been murdering 50 when it's actually 52 for so long. Right. But you know what? It's all okay, because we get to see a mind meld with a caustic creature that doesn't caustify somehow. How does it all end? Slavery.
1: Um... Uh, slavery with a fair exchange. I, the hoarder has to agree, but yeah, no, I agree. It's borderline on because what happens if the hoarder disagrees? I think the humans are still mining. If there's one thing Pandora taught us, humans don't give a shit. This is this is walking unobtanium. That's <laughs> a pretty great synopsis overall.
0: I guess maybe the slavery. It's questionable consent.
1: questionable consent it's kind of strong arm robbery a little bit because i i think the horse is doing just fine without the humans but we'll get into that later overall ambassador did you like the episode what were your thoughts about it
0: i love this episode
1: yes me too it's been I'm going to say six years since I've seen this episode. I forgot how incredible it is. It's such a great episode. It's a good reason it's up there as a classic. It's just everyone's firing on all cylinders. As a newbie to TOS, why did you love it?
0: Oh, man. um, I think it's the sets. The set designs are really fun yeah. in this one. Um, Caves. You're getting to see how they're going to make a, an interesting episode in a cave. And how do they explain a way that we're crawling through perfectly cylinder like cylinder tubes you know tubing
1: made by a creature yeah
0: yeah so i think they're like clearly the props department and the sets department is having a lot of fun in this one and then you have also like how do we make this really interesting creature that is actually somebody underneath a rug um how do we
1: know they actually captured a live hoarder and and convinced it to work for them in exchange for yummy minerals
0: yeah yeah pay no
1: attention to the man under the (laughs) horter.
0: um and and yeah i think i I think it's interesting it's like the story of finding out that a creature is a intelligent creature that it just can't communicate which you know i've got a lot of questions about that too like Mm. this, this episode's basically because spock was able to communicate they discovered that this creature um all of its children are being killed and you know this needs to stop because they're about to be born and, and they end up saving this creature's life and it's just like this really interesting problem solving there's all these problems that are happening I love it yeah and they're having to solve all these problems and things are failing and things are succeeding but once spock leaves How do they communicate? I guess the Horda could write on the wall, but how do the humans communicate back to the Horda? (laughs) Oh, no,
1: that's such a good point. No kill eye. And it's just like random doodles everywhere all over the cave. I was like, that man touched me.
0: Yeah. He shot me with a phaser. So there's like, there's questions at the end of this episode, but Mm -hmm. I like what they're doing because again, it's this premise that you come across a creature that you don't have anything in common with and you just want to kill them. Like Kirk wants to kill him. Then Spock wants to kill him. You know, there's everybody wants to kill this thing. And then all of a sudden, oh no, no, we actually could work together. We just had a language barrier.
1: (laughs) We yo-yo back and forth a lot. Spock goes from like speculation to defending it to then fucking kill it jim to we can make an arrangement with it it's such a yo-yo of an episode it's so so fun and for me it has a proper star trek ending whereas like the the brawn didn't work and yes it it could have worked but there's another way around this that i love so much and it has one of my all-time favorite mccoy scenes just him loving on himself
0: (laughs) whenever he's in the whenever he's in the goop
1: Jim, I'm starting to think I could cure a rainy day. He's
0: like, <laughs> no, I'm was a great.
1: fucking genius. I just cured a rock <laughs> with cement.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, every
0: amazing. every scene had something fun for me to watch. Yes. So I was engaged the whole time. You amazing. know, obviously we're like going towards, but the pacing just felt kind of nice and good, and it was fun to see them like in these different sets. There's the main mining area, then there's the reactor room, and then there's the tunnels. Then there's this chamber and there's just these different places to kind of experience a totally different thing other than you know the the ship so that was fun
1: yeah this is um the pacing is incredible it's so i didn't feel the time ticking at all maybe a little bit during the miserable mind meld which i think in the 21st century we may have had for a minute but goes on for like three or four minutes but other than that the pacing is so good and for me this is like this is peak star trek this is star trek dealing with a new form of life avoiding the instinct to destroy it diplomacy with it resolution by the end plus phasers plus red shirts dying this is just like everything everything every reason for why star trek became the phenomenon it is for me is in this episode it's so it's such a good little microcosm of what star trek is
0: there's a lot it's in so here. good. And also the relationship aspect. Um this has my longest exchange because we've only just started watching TOS of Spock, mm. the doctor and Kirk at the end of the this episode just giving <laughs> each other shit. Like Bombing. highly intellectual. Like there's just this subtlety in the shit that they're giving each other in some mm. ways and then it's like you have to know their relationship really well to be comfortable with what's happening and I'm not. I'm I'm not that familiar with their relationship. So, like at the mm-hmm. end of this episode, Spock says that the creature found uh us just as disgusting looking as it fa- as we found the creature. Yeah. Which is an interesting similarity between the two of us, but that the creature thought that the ears were the most pleasurable feature, the most pleasing mm-hmm. feature um and I didn't have the heart to tell him that I'm the only one that has <laughs> this kind of ear the
1: human with those ears mm-hmm. yeah.
0: and so spock is like giving it to the humans just oh, as completely. much as the humans are giving it to spock and that's the water really a-
1: has an incredible sense of taste and <laughs> and is a very discerning palate <laughs> Yep,
0: yeah, he's really like just kind of but totally deadpan delivery yes
1: so
2: and then fun. you
0: have kirk who's like wow, you're becoming really human, which is an insult. <laughs> yes. Which then Spock is like, fuck. And he kind of <laughs> got like outfoxed in a way. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to stand for this bullshit. He's out. I see and no I...
1: reason why I should stand here and continue to be insulted.
0: <laughs> right. And so <laughs> you could, and then, you know, Kirk and the doctor kind of look at each other like, ha we got him this time. So now I'm kind mm-hmm. of getting this vibe that Spock is always getting them almost, or not always, but Spock is, I'm working on my, my, a mm-hmm. like complete, you know, like the hundred percent, you know, like is or, a right?
1: is a good mm-hmm. term, yeah.
0: So, so Spock might be giving it to them a lot, like yeah, just over analyzing, over talking, not bringing things down to the human level, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And now here they got him, and so it was sort of like a ha ha, good singer there, boss. <laughs> so a <laughs>
1: good one. <laughs> but it, it also has the three of them debating the problem as well, and this is also classic TOS this is spock has a crazy scientific hypothesis mccoy says you're crazy you're living in the dream world that can't be true kirk tries to find some kind of middle ground between them and you need that for a healthy debate it's no good all everyone just saying well done good job we're all intelligent like mccoy is there just taking down spock's ideas unapologetically um it's a great little trio of problem solving
0: yeah it was a uh, it was a fun episode to watch all around. Yeah. So not only the sets and not only like you said the mm. the uh, quintessential t- TOS stuff happening with the red shirts and this and that and like the monster and all this stuff, but also a fun kind of vibe between all of the different people because Scotty had a moment and the captain had a like many moments. Um, Spock, you know, they all kind of had a moment to sort of step to the mm-hmm. foreground, foreground, including these miners who at one (laughs) point just straight up club our people
1: (laughs) just zero consequences for that like (laughs) just just, hey look over there plonk (laughs) worst security team ever that that brings me down to like the beginning of the episode so it opens with this incredible dramatic like in your face score like doom and the deadest man Whoever deaded his way into an opening scene, poor Schmitter, Schmitter. Um, who Guys. has never, never has a character been l- marked for death more than this man. Your first reaction was just like, "Yeah, he's he's he's, he's so he's, dead.
0: He's super dead. He's like he's like I don't know how to he- he use a phaser. <laughs> for, 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 for phaser. Okay, he's not stuttering, but that's the vibe that he's giving. Is I'm very uncomfortable, but for my team, I'll take it on the chin. I'll, I'll face this thing, hit. even though fifty men have died
1: yeah (laughs) i'm gonna do it and this episode leaning into that as well has i i just remember watching this a few years it must this was the last time that i watched it with my dad and we didn't expect the red shirt lineup because at this point it's like the red shirts dying is just a thing in pop culture everybody even if you don't know star trek you know red shirts are doomed and to see this lineup, it almost feels safe for self-aware. It almost feels like a lower decks setup. But this is season one where the the meme wasn't there yet. People might have been talking about it saying, oh, he's in trouble. He's a red shirt. But he's just lining up six of these poor bastards. Just like, sacrificial lamb, sacrificial lamb, sacrificial lamb. Yes, Good there luck, are sir. three
0: debriefs that I counted <laughs> in this episode where, all right, guys, we're going to go in. All right, guys we're aiming for the head all right guys we're going down the tunnel
1: <laughs> not all of you are going to make it back mm-hmm. just brilliant I just, yeah porsche schmitter just kills me
0: i just i feel like a, a really hardcore trek fan would have a mug that just says porsche schmitter on it
1: oh someone's you know? gonna get it yeah. and somebody
0: would get it on the back it's just the magma rock you know like it was mm-hmm. a kill count <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fifty one. Fifty uh, one. That's uh, amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. This the uh, the way that it starts. It sets the scene really, really nicely, right? Like there's mm. something hunting us in the mines, and we don't know what it is, and we don't know where it's going to come from. Uh, and then the looming sort of shadow in the foreground of the camera that sort of attacks in some sort of way, and we're just meant to completely ignore the fact that no one is shooting a phaser at this thing, or mm-hmm. even really trying to. They're just standing there screaming because. Or told it moves really fast, or at least it but used they, to before it was shot.
1: But they only have the type one phasers. That's they right. don't have the type two phasers. What's That's that about? Why let's it's not let's get into
0: that. What is that about? Okay, so the type Explain one phasers
1: are those little palm things. So on the, you know, like the the phaser that it looks like a gun and it has the handle on it. The black bit on top of that phaser removes and becomes a portable phaser and that's your type one so it's a lower battery output lower power level i would assume easier to make and less deadly so they can't like kill they're just gonna stun the type two phasers are the ones that look like guns and are like a business set to kill can vaporize things if needed
0: okay okay cool okay i think i get it yeah here's what you need to know they have type two and that's the yeah. most important thing yes the
1: miners do not the miners have the type one phaser and are struggle bussing which i'm like why do they even have phases then like they're not going to do anything to anybody so yeah but i guess the phaser type the type two ones are like the military grade um the military grade ones
0: yeah but they do use the type two it does hit the creature and mm-hmm. one of my favorite moments of the episode is when <laughs> kirk and the creature are standing <laughs> off against each other yeah, and, you know, every time he raises up the phaser, it backs away, but then he mm-hmm. lowers it, and it kind of comes forward, and there's sort of this standoff situation. And then he's like, "Well, so are we gonna are we gonna talk?" Or and the thing just turns around <laughs> and, and shows it's a wound. And I literally can hear my imagination like, "You fucking shot me!
1: <laughs> you shot me in the ass!" Because kirk <laughs> is like, "Well, what's the problem? What are we gonna do here? Like, you're just gonna stare at me?" And it just like wiggles its butt. I was like. Do you see? Have you the seen this boil? Type two phaser burn on my ass.
0: <laughs> it's a type two phaser burn. Type two. Fa- have
1: you ever been shot by a type two phaser, Captain? It fucking hurts.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was interesting. I don't even Just remember amazing. the sequence of like how it got shot. I think that was so. So when they arrive, the other thing that happens, and I, this is another question I have, is. Mm. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're, you know, Spock is noticing the silicon sphere that is on the desk and they're kind of talking about that they're everywhere, so you know that they're going to come be important at some point, you know, later in time. You you can kind of assume at that point. Um but things are really escalated when this creature breaks into a very important room and then takes a very important item and this is when my question mm. is. So, we're meant to believe that this creature can control its caustic behavior. Uh yes, because it uses it to find food. The what, sorry? The meatball. The The meatball has
1: Yeah, the meatball has secretions. And it can it uses those secretions to find food. Yeah.
0: Or kill. And kill. Yes. It's making it's making very intelligent choices to kill people, to
1: Spock would argue it's more intelligent than humans.
0: Yes yeah um and then make a hole go in and then retrieve this item without destroying it mm-hmm. which was stupid
1: i don't know why it cares about destroying it
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, it should really, just
1: destroy it
0: it really should have i mean obviously the rest of the episode would be kind of screwed because everybody would be dying there's there's oh, no yeah. al- there's
1: hundreds of planets would be would be screwed
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so because
1: Danae, they have to mine the paneum.
0: <laughs> that's right
1: the paneum mine. What
0: a word! <laughs> what a word that's so close to other words it doesn't have to be close to. But okie dokie.
1: Yep, like pageum of all of the 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 minerals you could have made up. Yeah, I had to come up with one that rhymes with panium.
0: <laughs> Great, woo! So so this thing can control when it's when it's terribly caustic. So it's it's yeah. it's melting people to get rid of them. It's choosing who to kill, who not to kill. I think because it's listening into conversations to you know the big question, why doesn't it kill I Kirk? Don't know. is lingering.
1: Is oh, why didn't it kill Kirk? Yeah. Fear. Like it recognized the phaser oh, the because phaser. K- okay. Kirk and Spock, when the Horta first appears to Kirk and Spock, they fire the phaser and it runs back into the tube. And Kirk, the, the to recognize whether it recognizes Kirk and the phaser or just the phaser or just Kirk, it recognizes this threat and immediately reacts to the phaser. So yeah, it's pure fear. But, but it don't does, shoot it, me again. I fucking hurt her.
0: But it causes a cave-in when it maybe could have just... I guess it didn't think it could get close enough. Anyways, it's very smart. Mm. Not now I'm beginning yeah. to even I'd be more impressed by it. Mm-hmm um and so now the time is ticking and so scotty comes into play to create you know like a little patch system
1: mcguffin to fix mcguffin
0: yeah it was like beer bong looking thing. yeah it was it was very paraphernalia-esque you know
1: <laughs> i i i love the he, he just how casual he is he's like the engineer of the flagship and he's like it's the worst plumbing job i've ever seen it's a plumber's nightmare but it'll hold captain until it won't and then we're screwed he's like the least the least like official person on the ship he's almost like talking to his buddy rather than actually talking to his captain it's so great and i guess that comes with like intelligence i think he's like i'm the smartest man on this ship you're screwed without my nuclear physicist brain and that gives me a, a degree of latitude
0: I also liked how honesty was. This isn't going to work. It's not going to work long. And you're not going to be satisfied.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It won't be pretty. It won't be great. It'll do for now.
0: It'll do for now. And it does. And it's exactly (laughs) what happens. So it buys them some time so that they can breathe the atmosphere and try to find this item why they think it's even still in existence? Did they scan and see it? I couldn't figure that part out. I don't out.
1: think so. No. I they think were just they're just confident hoping. it existed. Like, they can't yeah, they can't rebuild it. They're just hoping that the creature didn't destroy it. And because reasons, the creature didn't destroy it. They it held it hostage for whatever reason.
0: Which is easily something that could be thrown into the sin the sin thing, the sin bucket. Yeah. But um mm-hmm. we get to the to the kind of middle part of this where Uh, I think it might be one of my other favorite scenes is between Kirk and Spock in this episode when I think so so interestingly Kirk is like we have to kill this thing and Spock is saying I Mm. think that there's more this could be the final creature we we don't we should be cautious to, to kill it
1: it would be a crime yeah
0: Kirk is saying sorry buddy it's doomed. You shouldn't be surprised. Did you see the last episode of Captain's Pod? You know I'm a murder hobo.
1: Bastard. Like, absolute bastard. I, well, Picard wouldn't do this. Kirk's just like, kill it. I'm not losing anyone else. Sorry, I don't you... care if it's the last of its kind. Could, it's it, it, gone.
0: Could be a great ally for us. Don't give a shit. It's no, killing it's people. dead. Not even
1: going to try to communicate.
0: And then um, they give the next debrief to the men, and Spock informs the men that they need to uh, try to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. And Kirk is surprised by this. I didn't say that. Spock had taken liberty to try to mm. buy some time for this creature, apparently. And so the next kind of beat of this scene between them is Kirk saying, you need to go hang out with Scotty. And
1: yes.
2: I thought
0: that Spock was getting in trouble. I,
1: this, th- I'm really glad you mentioned this. It's the most confusing bit of the episode for me because... It feels like Kirk is saying I can't trust you. Yeah. You're going to all of the build up is I can't trust you. You're going to work with Scotty because I don't trust you to not kill this thing. You're going to go against my orders. But by the end of it, it feels like Kirk's logic is actually a command choice of I don't want to put us both at risk. Spock explains the odds and Kirk agrees. We never addressed the thing of Kirk saying no, I don't trust you, my friend. And that's way more interesting to me than the odds. So I just wonder if that was like a rewrite that happened. Like they didn't want Kirk to be at odds with Spock like that. It's really interesting.
0: It was interesting. And and Kirk does this thing that he did last episode where it, by the end he flips and he turns from the murder guy into mm. the savior guy. And this just apparently is a character trait that maybe comes up more frequently down the line. I'm, I'm curious to kind of look out for it because mm. we, the audience, might be believing that Kirk is going to kill it and we want it to live. And then the big turn at the end is that Kirk decides to, to save it and he's the savior of the day. Mm. But um, in this case, then Spock flips and he wants to kill it, as we've already mentioned. But thankfully, Kirk doesn't. And we find out that this is an ally, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, is that particular scene back and forth where Spock is essentially like, dude, why are you sending me to be with Scotty?
1: Don't you sideline me. He's a nuclear physicist. He doesn't need me.
0: And and Kirk, he, he, says, <laughs> he, he says, well, it's for the command reasons. You, I can't risk you being a part of this. And then Spock comes up with this math equation.
1: How? Where does this number come from?
0: How? and yeah it's like
1: how many variables are you taking into account spock to come up with 2000 whatever 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 to one
0: yeah that's another mug if there's a if there's a series of mugs from this episode the next mug slash t-shirt is just going to be like that particular number um let me see because i wrote it down because i was really it was like 0.3 years
1: i I just know some writer is pulling that out of their ass
0: 2228.7 to one odds that they will both be killed. And then Kirk is sort of like grins and he says, okay, so logically huh. you should stay. And then Spock mm-hmm. says, okay, I'll stay. And I wonder if because on record, he wants to say that it was for command reasons. But personally, it's because he was upset that Spock had, you know, gone yeah. against his wishes. Anyways, it that was a sounds- little unclear. You're right.
1: It's so interesting how it goes from Spock undermining Kirk or picking his own route to kirk sidelining him and i wonder if they are completely separate because sometimes when you write things down on paper it's not until you see it on screen that you're like oh yeah that there was a bigger beat between those conversations but when we're watching it that follows on immediately so i'd love to know if that was if that was deliberate or not i thought it was an
0: interesting um glimpse into kirk correcting a member of his crew for going against what he had said so um but anyways it was i really i really love that scene when kirk mm-hmm. basically is going. oh so this is how it's 2700 and 2220.7 to one odds that i'm also going to die if you're if you die okay yes, i'll take exactly. that odd come along with me
1: that's okay that's fine the um the other the great thing about spock's flip-flop as well is and this is why i i love ethan peck's portrayal of spock and i never worry when when we get the vulcans are being too emotional thing spock is emotional spock does care because he flip-flops as soon as he realizes that kirk is face to face with this creature his buddy his captain odds are he's gonna die kirk flip-flops immediately uh sorry spock flip-flops immediately and says kill it you can't take the risk jim kill that thing right now Like i don't care if it's the last of its species it, i'm not gonna risk let it you. kill you yeah. i'm not gonna risk you and that it's so interesting i don't know yeah. if it's logical i don't know if it's what intentional you would say, the vulcan logic behind it or if it's intentional but there is it's hard to not see some feeling behind that and some passion it's a really cool moment
0: they end up having so so they end up finding this creature and not only are they able to communicate with this is like the next big kind of beat is the finding of the creature the standoff the conversation and spock mind melding by not touching question
1: Mm.
2: how often does that
0: happen i thought he had to touch but maybe i'm like just remembering incorrectly
1: yeah so generally speaking from tng voyager onwards mind melds are touch he does touch and doesn't get any caustic
0: damage but but he does touch later but not at first at first it's kind of like a distance thing
1: exactly and 99.9 percent of mind melds do the the hand finger touch on the face thing vulcans can be telepathic they can speak telepathically they have telepathic powers i want Um, i want to
0: remember all of these things okay new merch (laughs) item for this episode just a list of all the cool shit Spock can do
1: right so he can they can talk to beta zeds they can talk to each other mentally um it's and it is just it's this thing of tos so this is almost this is like an empathic thing so spock can get close to it and kind of feel its aura but to get more detailed and to do the real mind meld stuff he has to touch it so they're still feeling out what the mind meld is at this point it's not the first time we see it but they're still establishing some rules so it's i kind of put it up to tos doing what the story needs it to do rather than the rigid rules that we kind of have today
0: it has worked for me i really loved how it was performed you know you're asking nimoy to just like, experience this creature's pain. And I didn't really feel like he broke character to in a way where they had to cut away a lot or something. Like, I was really intrigued to watch him bring mm. this particular part of this character to life. This Spock character who can have all of these cool fucking powers and shit. But then that also comes with the side effect of being inundated with mm. thoughts and feelings and memories Whoa. and stuff. It's not like, it's not like it'd be fun you know it's like when, I, when I've when i talked to people who said that they can see dead people the first time I ever talked to someone who said that they could see dead people I was like whoa that must be so fucking cool and then you see their face you're like "That's not cool I don't no, like not, it not cool. it's not cool I
1: don't like it you Would can mind
0: melt Oh, it's serious. Okay, so sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, I love that Kirk is really sensitive to it as well. He's like, I know this is an intrusion and this is a a very personal, like, breaking down of your barriers. But I don't know what else we're gonna do other than kill this thing. Like, I love how he's aware of what the mind meld does to Spock as well yeah uh, it's really really and really it's fun.
0: interesting too to think like in the sphere of this show this being the original series this being season one you're telling me that they're still kind of feeling out these powers and how they work and how they're going to mm-hmm. translate on screen to watch him have this complicated conversation with a a a meatball creature as we're calling it this episode (laughs) thank you chat once again for that because once you see it you cannot unsee it it does look like a spicy meatball uh, a little gravy
1: running down it as well undulating you
0: know um but anyways the that's that's a really interesting idea you know that you're learning the complexity of a creature that doesn't have the same way of communicating and then all of a sudden it shows his intellect by saying like don't fucking kill me man
1: yeah quit it
0: stop shooting me I'm dying already you've already done
1: it yeah eternity is over
0: and that's like a slow reveal too that it's dying yes
1: I love the metaphors and the words that it reaches for my favorite one is the chamber of tomorrow so when they're asking to get the MacGuffin back that they need for the mining drill or whatever whatever it is it says go through the chamber into the the chamber go through the tunnel into the chamber of tomorrow and chamber of tomorrow that's where the eggs are that is tomorrow like that's the word that it's reaching for is this is my this is my future and this is where we put the future It's so great. I love that metaphorical reach for words. So good. Because it wouldn't just be talking in English. It's got a pull from Spock's brain or Spock has to interpret the emotions and feelings and then put it into words that that can be understood. It's so, so clever. And
0: then Kirk, who is kind of like watching this happen and he's curious and invested and hoping that his buddy is going to be okay, is there. And then you have the doctor come in who represents those of us who are like, what the? (laughs) <laughs> the absolute fuck
1: is on the TV now. What's going on, Kirk? Go uh, oh, go for all the names. McCoy is great for that. He walks in, and the way that he says, "What's Spock doing?" It's like this is every Tuesday. It's like Spock's talking to fucking rocks again. Like, what's what's going on? Why is he looking the cave? Like, is this just another day for Spock.
0: And Kirk, <laughs> who, who whose approach to the doctor being the doctor is, he saves people. you're the patient. Do your fucking job. Just try uh-huh. and. He, he's the guy a little scanner like gokey dokie, i'm just gonna do some <laughs> scanning now <laughs> <laughs> the Don't. worst thing is that he's right
1: it works <laughs> he does find a way to heal it and it's just like this shouldn't have worked like you you're asking the right this is like you have a friend that's good at computers because they have a job in it therefore they're good at coding they can fix your microwave oh he's good at electrics he can do everything like why would he be able to cement this rock back together
0: Well, you know that that creature is going to have a really troublesome recovery period after having a trowel of concrete (laughs) poured into it. But you know what? It's alive and it gets to be the mama bear to all the children. So that's all that matters.
1: It's so great. And this is the first occurrence of a damn it, Jim, damn it, whatever. I'm a doctor, not a something, something.
0: This is the first time?
1: This is the first one. And it's episode 26. Like, it's something you think has been there from the beginning, but it's this other stereotype where it doesn't come until quite late into the first season. And yeah, it's just great. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Like, what do you expect me to do with it?
0: That's really, really funny. And he has those a lot because that becomes a thing that even I know about, having never seen this stuff before, is that I'm a doctor, not a blah, blah, blah. So
1: yeah, it's so great. It's so fun. Just, and I just, I would, again, I would love to ask the writer, did you, was, was that meant to be such a one liner? Was that something you consciously yeah. knew that you could come back and use again? Because McCoy is always asked to do these these absolutely ridiculous things. Um and I just I love how smug he is at the end. He <laughs> just Kirk's just like, uh, what well, what's the prognosis, Doctor? And he's like, I did it. <laughs> Well,
0: nailed it. <laughs> do do, do. <laughs> Kind of fucking brilliant over here. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I, what I was the line again? On my hands Apparently, I could. What was it about the rainy day or something? What was that line? Oh,
1: Jim, I'm beginning to think I could cure a rainy day. <laughs> and I, I, I know that clip so well because it was on a trailer for. So my dad had all of TNG on VHS. And they would always have these trailers for other stuff saying, Buy these other VHSs or buy these other games. And they did this compilation of all of like the classic moments in Star Trek. And one of them was Picard saying, Let's make sure history never forgets the name, Enterprise. And it would be Riker saying, Well, isn't that interesting or something Rikery? And it has this scene of McCoy going, I think I could cure a rainy day. And it's just this victory lap of Star Trek that I know these clips before I'd even watched Hardly any Star oh, Trek, that's so that's just buried in my brain.
0: I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun way of the characters just sort of stumbling their way to the 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 answer because mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have a great plan. This was no. them going, "Well, let's try it. Let's try to put some concrete in it now. I guess we'll try or, some putty. Or well, I guess we're gonna split up and go down two different tunnels and just see what happens." You know? there's a
1: there's a conversation i wish we'd heard that we only get the back end of and mccoy is so angry he's just like just send it the fuck down here don't ask me why i need it what i'm gonna do with it oh, i'm burying so- the lead right now just send me the thing that i asked for
0: i like that too oftentimes <laughs> i oftentimes i feel like i have to like we 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 have to see like a full conversation to understand but this just drops you right into the end like you fucking do what I said. I'm a goddamn <laughs> lieutenant. I'm don't ask here. questions. Send me the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what color it is. Green yeah, is great. Preferably the a lime color.
1: No one likes the, the green huts that we build anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I so, love it.
0: So then we have like this kind of crescendo also where uh, time is ticking kirk is looking for the thing that's gonna fix it because horda has decided to say where it is the 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 miners are pissed and they are knocking out the starfleet they're gonna come in and try to kill mm-hmm. the creature and kirk stands off and he's like first person to to, to shoot gonna <laughs> die who is it?
1: He's dead try me say something fuck I around and find out i kind
0: of <laughs> like i really yeah. am liking kirk a lot like there's he hasn't done something yet and I know that there's been many comments mm-hmm. that, that come up whenever I say this. Like, oh, just wait. But I haven't seen yet from my own eyes
1: mm-hmm.
0: where Kirk is like super problematic. I mean, obviously Last he's a murder week. hobo.
1: Last week. He's a murder hobo. He's a murder hobo. But uh, he is fine with killing things.
0: He he. But we talked about this being kind of more of a war situation. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not. A diplomat so i had to put him in a different mm-hmm. category like this is not my star trek experience e. has to
1: be an all-rounder and kirk is more on the frontier he is the policeman he is america in the 60s fixing the world so i i get it and i don't i'm sure there are plenty of examples but it's more of an overall thing for me when i put him up against kirk, uh, against picard there is no competition and that is unfair because it's 20 years later it's a different breed of television it's apples and oranges it is not fair to compare the two of them but i'm still i can still have my preference like picard is a objectively better human (laughs) and better captain than kirk
0: i'm having a lot of fun this was a fun one because there were so many moments where i just got to see a little bit more glimpse of these characters yeah and Mm -hmm. every every time somebody's on screen there's like a little bit more interest and then also, there's this thing of like, oh, everybody is wearing makeup. Everybody is wearing a little bit oh, of that the dark eyeliner Oh,
1: everybody. The it's mining the, guy yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, I kind
0: of love that. Like, oh, this was like a, great. This was a style. This was a this was sort this of was a, a
1: fashion statement in the 2200s. Yeah, we yeah. want to
0: show the future by showing people wearing like dark eyeshadow of some mm. kind. There's these interesting so parts of this brand that I'm enjoying. But um, the Kirk returns with the item. Everything is restored. They're able to work it out. They're able to sell, save the horda creature. And then, then then, we're at the end of the episode. And I don't know. It was just kind of a really nice little TOS sort of bubble. Mm. And I don't think that this would be a bad one to use as an introduction of TOS either. This, this would probably go on that to list. Say, yeah. yeah,
1: I was about to say, I I cannot think of a better episode to introduce somebody to Now, lots of people say like Balance of Terror or something with the Klingons or Romulans or whatever, but that's lore-heavy. This isn't lore-heavy. This is like, we never see the Horta again to the best of my knowledge. This isn't, you don't have to have really any knowledge of Star Trek at all But it's a great example of how everybody interacts with each other and what everybody's role on the ship is. Say for Uhura, Chekov and Sulu, who are criminally underused anyway, so you're not really missing too much about with them not being in the episode. You know that Scotty is the miracle worker, McCoy is the um scraggly doctor that's pissed off and arguing spock's the science guy kirk is the
0: (laughs) Uh, it's
1: just it's a great little adventure i love it so much
0: yeah i really had a good time um thanks to the chat we know that in a future episode mccoy tells kirk quote you're a soldier so often you forget you're also trained um as a as a diplomat
1: Mm, great point. It that's is interesting.
0: True. So the show ad- admits it too, and mm. I maybe that's a very purposeful thing. Is like what happens if the captain is more of like a war captain? You know, so, yeah,
1: he's had to deal
2: with who knows what they do on purpose
0: that. and what they don't do on purpose. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we'll say something and it becomes this whole other. Uh world and we don't know it it reminds me of when i was uh dming my own dungeons and dragons game and i would say one thing and all of a sudden that became the focus of the campaign and it was a throwaway thing i said once i didn't mean for anyone to even pay attention to it but then here we are all of us are now going to this fucking cave i referenced (laughs) one time
1: (laughs) as humans we are whether we realize it or not we are subconsciously actively filling in gaps so all of the world we look at around us our brain is creating that picture filling in gaps so when something is fed to us we're like where does that fit into the puzzle piece of our life and our story and i do this so much when i'm watching content like i feel bad for doctor who because the doctor says one word and i'm like canon 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 like that's new that's real like for my brain i am so tied into that speaks into the universe because i'm so invested and in star trek this is a world to me like this exists so when you say something you're that's now something that has been said in the universe and happened and is documented and is affecting history for me even though it's in the future like it's hard to not get invested in that and to like just analyze every single line that it said i'd be paralyzed if i was writing for star trek i don't think i ever want to write for star trek bullshit nonsense i'd love it but i would be probably way too careful about what i'm trying to introduce and what what i would Mm, be writing about you can't
0: control it though that's the thing that i'm really enjoying in this tos especially the season one where they were just doing it this was before they probably knew that they weren't going to be having more and people picketed to keep it going. Like Mm -hmm. this is really interesting thing to watch knowing what we know now having talked to the people who are in the picket lines multiple times now, having emails from you guys who are listening who have been around from the start who says, I was also on the picket line or I sent in a letter. Like, it's just really interesting to go, this is what you were watching. This is what you were passionate about. These people that are doing these interesting things at this strange time in our history and here's the fucking doctor with his hands in goop and we're like, more!
1: (laughs) More (laughs) of this! (laughs) <laughs> Look, give it to me! I want more. This is amazing. Yeah, it's so great. Um, couple of um, just behind the scenes things that were definitely emailed in, tweeted to us, mentioned in the live chat. Really, really interesting stuff. So the the first one I'll start with is the horter, and yes, that is a gentleman. Um, in a creature, the the person who actually is under the horta you know, blanket it's obvious, right oh it's pretty pretty obvious They're yeah like it's on the their remote tummy control. on like a little like yeah, a little rolly
0: thing like wiggling their snooping arms snooping
1: backwards and forth like yeah, yeah, i yeah. wanted like a slurping noise when it moved but the interesting thing is that the man under the suit created and designed the suit as well and the people i think it's gene l Coons, said if you can create this creature and we like it will also cast you to play it as well so we'll pay you for creating the creature we'll put it on screen and you can be it as well so you get double duty because he was famous for being in lots of other tv shows as like if you needed an ape or a gorilla it's him and in like the 60s odds are he's in one of these monster costumes that's um, amazing. Yeah, that, his name is Janos Prohasaka. Pro Prohasaka. Okay, can uh, we Hungarian just stop here gentleman? and just
0: remind everyone that Ian does like to get names correct, <laughs> but yeah, doesn't really often do. do it. We all want to get them correct
1: there's nothing there's no pronunciation guide here but janos Prohaska is what i'm gonna go with um what a cool creature like to go down in history is designing the the rock lasagna <laughs> it's amazing
0: yeah it was nice i like how it had the moving kind of like magma-esque bulbs
1: the lights like, on it yes
0: like and i don't know if he was just in there pushing them with his hands you know like he's kind of floating there and like moving them around yeah. or if he had sort of something underneath that he was like pumping it with air <laughs> Like a little, like a little basketball, like inflator thing, and he's just like pushing it, and they're all scooting around. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much! It's amazing. Janos Prohaska.
1: Prohaska, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) thank you, live chat. chat the other really interesting fact is quite well known is that kirk's father passed away sorry william shatner's father passed away during filming Um, they offered to like pause and stop and find a way to ride around it and he said no i'm gonna work through it then i'll take some time and go and see his father and what he said and what he remembers from the time is just how everybody pulled in together and regardless of like whatever disagreements and behind the scene stuff like we know that shatner's quite a controversial character everybody kind of pulled together by all accounts and supported him and he turns in an incredible performance when you know that that's happening in the back of his mind all the time as well Mm. like incredibly distracting so For me, it's fascinating to see somebody on screen and you can pinpoint a traumatic part in their in their life and that they're going through while they're on screen and while they're recording. Like we know that Shatner is dealing with the loss of his father while acting. It's just an incredible byproduct of television and
0: films. Oh, yeah. So interesting. I always think about Aragorn, you know when he kicks that helmet and his foot actually breaks. And so his scream was both a scream of pain for the loss of his beloved, you know, friends. uh, Mary and Pippin are a loss to the orcs. But what's really happening is he's really just broken himself and he's really screaming oh. out and pain giving his all. <laughs>
1: like, it's
2: just stuff incredible. like that is
0: fascinating to me. It's
1: so interesting. It's like the Tom Cruise thing in Mission Impossible uh, Fallout when he does that huge jump over the building. Do you know about this? So he does this huge jump between buildings and because he does all of his own stunts, he lands funnily and his foot hits the wall and he snaps his ankle. He pulls himself up and continues to run. And just finishes the shot. So, And you can see the in the film, you can see he is limping on this foot. And he's just like, I need to keep that shot. But I now need to go to a hospital. And it shut down production for like three months. And it's just to keep that on film. He's just like, we're not doing the stunt again. I'm using that. And he just ran on a broken foot.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: and sometimes you run on a broken heart. And it yeah. is interesting, mm-hmm. like, we're just people. And it it's always interesting when... You're so invested in content, but you know there's a person behind it. And yeah. so, yeah. I think that's true for us too right like we create content and as mm-hmm. time goes on and people find out about things happening in my life at that time like oh my god this was all going on at the same time and we never knew and it's because we're performers yeah. and we're yeah we're putting out content so it's kind of like show has got to go on in some ways now mm-hmm. ours is obviously not quite mission possible level or star trek level but it's the oh, same i'm trying
1: i'm absolutely trying to get some stunts into this show but i'm limited by the wolves around me <laughs> mm-hmm. um <laughs> So the, the last thing I just wanted to visit on was now that you have the context of Lower Decks, we mentioned this earlier in the episode, but Lower Decks mentioning how caves are so iconic. Can you, did you get that feeling watching this cave now and just thinking, I'm in one of the caves. This is what Lower Decks was talking about.
0: Well, we need to talk about our predictions, which we famously do
1: in oh, any random
0: order. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first thing it opens up on a cave, I was like, I was Let's right! go! Yeah, your overall big excited.
1: generic prediction was big cave monster slash goopy. <laughs> she
0: nailed it. I nailed goopy it. Goopy cave monster. They fucking nailed That's it. That's
1: incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got that straight away because of the devil in the dark connotations. The oddly specific one, you were close, and I knew you were close because I remember the shot of Spock and Kirk firing in tandem. The specific prediction was phasers aimed. Phasers fired. I saw fired. two it's people
0: not- shooting phasers. Uh
1: huh you saw it uh, phases, aim, phases fired it's not working we have to go to high ground so the high ground bit wasn't true not true but you got a good chunk of that that was that was quite impressive point 0.5 points that. for me <laughs> yeah half a point for you there um but yeah the the, the cave thing was it quite exciting to oh, see the it. thing that Lowerdex is referring to and do that in reverse
0: i love it there's a, like i said at the beginning just a different kind of like uh, there's always a mad props to props design people you know Yeah. i one of the reasons I love the making of the Lord of the Rings so much is seeing how much they had to build. And it starts with something like this, where you're making rocks Mm -hmm. and you're making textures and you're figuring out how to take tarp and glue it to a tube and make it look interesting and then make it make sense. You know, Um, this is just, it's just really fun to see the props department having a good time. And Mm -hmm. also the coloring of everything is really nice. Like the walls look sort of, lapis lazuli in a way and then it really helps this magma creature this rock creature to stand out this yes against the the coloring of it all so Mm -hmm. yeah really what
1: i've read is that they designed the creature and then wrote the episode around it so that was uh gene l coon apparently saw the monster they didn't have a particular thing in mind. They just said, hey, look, design this monster for us and I'll, we'll see if, well, if we like it, we'll do something with it. And he reverse engineered the episode based on the monster. I really so it's so cool.
0: It's an interesting thing too, because monster creation always easy especially when you're not giving it any humanoid features there's
1: no eyeballs no smile no nothing but i think this thing is adorable it's i genuinely think when i know that it's in pain and it's been shot and it has that big boil on it i feel your face is proving it i feel so much empathy for this creature like it doesn't take us a lot to get
0: there i can think i can be empathetic and also not think it's adorable because just like i (laughs) think it's a little bit gross it thinks i am gross too it does
1: and it might be because <laughs> i have big ears that i feel more more connected to this creature but
0: i it, monster creation fascinates me i know i've said this before but the mm. show face off is one that i've really really yeah. enjoyed as like the the development of prosthetics and how that's used in sci-fi you know has kind mm-hmm. of come into play over the years um you know we see a lot more obviously in tng but here, the monster creation, even with, like, the Gorn last week, it's just interesting stuff. And the Gorn was yeah. obviously very humanoid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Two arms, two legs, and a, and a reptile head. What if head? a
1: crocodile was human?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Minus a tail, because that's too much.
0: This could not be more different. This is a yeah. bulbous mass.
1: <laughs> you would imagine it would get... Re- so this reminds... Me I can't remember what Doctor Who monster it was but there was a Doctor Who monster that was rejected and it may be the Daleks because the Daleks are like this brain thing with tendrils coming off of it and they said we can't do anything with that monster no one's going to connect to it and then they put it in the Dalek suit that we now know and that even it has like the eyeballs and it has the plungers which are like arms and that's easier to relate to. I can imagine this just being rejected because it's like no one's going to connect to this because it's just it. a blob. It's not scary.
0: But it's it's but Nimoy it. that brings it to life. It's Spock who yes. brings this thing to life. And I think that's a really important part of leaning heavily onto maybe this is something that should be thought about more in just content creation. But just trusting your audience to mm. to build in the blanks because yeah we don't have to spoon feed every detail. And this is maybe something that's speaking to what you're saying about being like almost afraid to write Star Trek. Like you want to put all of it in there so that it's received Mm. the way that you intend. But this episode works because we get to build in what's going on. Like we get to assume that it's this bad creature. That's super scary. But if you go back and watch it, knowing what you know about it, then you're almost relating to it. And that's Mm -hmm. because the actors are doing their job. And it's just enough information that we can kind of like go along with it. And so, yeah. um, mm-hmm. good on this show for taking a swing at it, for swinging oh, the bat it. and just taking out the Star Trek people, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. So, very, very last point before we get onto some sins. Did this change your opinion or uh, uh, adjust any thoughts you have about Leonard Bones McCoy?
0: Mmm. Well, I didn't really feel like he was as hateful because I I kind mm. of expected I didn't know what to expect. So they beam in all together as a group and they get to work. So this character isn't designed to be the ever present thorn in the side of Spock because we would have I would have seen more nipping dialogue, yeah, and more of that behavior in any of the other scenes that they were in and there was plenty of opportunity for that and that didn't happen. So I I liked it because I got a chance to just watch the doctor do the doctor's thing and watch Spock do the Spock's thing. They were very separate for me this time. And then the end of the episode, it's Spock being snarky Mm. in a very intellectual way, almost not talking down to, but had that vibe and maybe I don't... he's the
1: superior being.
0: And this is what I'm thinking. When Spock first came out, maybe that was sort of how he was being received is like mm. the superior being like, maybe that was more of the vibe that he was giving i'm watching spock on strange new worlds yeah. so i have a way different perspective of this character because i'm <laughs> i'm watching i'm watching his humanoid personality a lot more than this sort of rigid personality yes
1: and- it's so interesting to know that spock in the future is at a point where he's been around humans so much, he's had to put some more walls up. And the Spock that we're watching is still kind of more open. So like some shit happens over the next seven years that makes Spock really pissed at humans. Like, I'm done. You guys are annoying as fuck. I've lived with you for too long.
0: I don't know if I got like, I don't know that I'm getting these pissed, but when he like, when he says, I'm not going to stand here and be insulted. My thought was, wait, you started it. Which <laughs> means that i'm a little bit understanding the doctor character now
1: (laughs) well but what's interesting is that he means that he means being called human is an insult whereas if somebody called me a vulcan i might be complimented he genuinely believes that vulcans are superior and to be called a human would be an insult it's like if you called me a woman and i took offense at that it would be wait a minute why are you offended by that what's wrong with being a woman like he shouldn't necessarily be offended it's a that's kind of racist in itself
0: yeah it is and i'm not used to spock being so vulcan mm. i'm watching spock be more human and so yeah this gap of time like what happens to put those walls up where he so readily embraces that mm being called a human is an insult it's an interesting like mind bender but what mm-hmm. in reality it's that tos introduced this character and this was sort of the the identifying factors of his character traits is maybe that being called human was insulting i would think that him being called human he'd be like eh, whatever you know he just, yeah, just let, let it roll it off his yeah but that's not what i'm seeing so i'm i wasn't really offended because i feel like oh he's dishing it too and that changes my understanding of their dynamic, mm. which is fine. It's fun yeah, to see totally that. totally makes so sense. Thank you for letting me be upset last episode, everybody. Um, and thank you for letting me, you know, learn about the characters as totally I go. It, I love it. I, I have to say, too, that there is a certain amount of bravery, I think, to do a show like this. Because there's so many people that care so much about the characters mm. that I'm watching. Of course. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. And I might I not it. like the Doctor that just might be where I land. I might love Kirk. I don't know. We'll <laughs> yeah.
1: see. Who knows? I mean, I just I can't get over you loving Kirk. Anyway, we'll move on before <laughs> I start sinning you. <laughs> it's fine. Kirk's fine. It's fine. It's Kirk's. fine. It's fine. fine. Kirk's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Okay. With that ambassador, how many pips out of four are you going to give this episode? Four. It's a four, pipper. Yeah. Absolutely. It's four. easy. Four pips out of four. This has everything you want an
0: episode
3: to have. Yeah,
1: four. It it truly does. That's amazing. I, I mean, having said that, let's send the heck out of it.
3: credit card bill warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds this is
1: the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains pain remind ourselves that no tv shows without sin even our beloved star trek ambassador you go first as the lowly human
0: Mm -hmm. i mean let's just go to the nitpicky one at the point whenever uh, the red shirts have arrived. The phasers are on maximum. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. They're not set to stun. They're not set to kill. They're on maximum. Mm-hmm. Maximum this is verbiage than I'm used to. It's, but I'm it with you.
1: gets me. Uh, it's something that we don't read. Really, I'm gonna say, not until season four of TNG where we eventually kick into deep space nine and voyager where they have really defined words so the the warp scale is really defined shields are shields deflectors are deflectors phases are phases set to kill is set to kill stun is stun Hyper sprays, tricorders a unified lexicon bible is there like it's not really until the early 90s that we get that so anything in tos is just a uh, yep you didn't know what it was called yet,
0: did you? It's Which is love- such a I, weird thing I to love say it. to the show. I love it so much.
1: I
2: love it. So
0: so, so, Scotty has his paraphernalia out. The red shirts mm-hmm. arrive. We're going to go in. They're being debriefed. And Kirk says, 50 have died. And I'm like, <laughs> 52. 52 <laughs>
1: have died. We no more have died since that initial Schmitter
0: 50. matters. And that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's part of the mug. Schmitter, <laughs> Schmitter matters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) you you schmetter you schmetter i I just
0: want everyone to take a moment and and say it out loud schmitter matters
1: (laughs) schmitter matters (laughs) if the first captain's pod merch is a schmitter mug
0: (laughs) justice for schmitter (laughs) i mean i'm just saying schmitter matters and Mm -hmm. and he was 51 and then there was another guy that died, but there's at least 50, at this point, 51 or 52 have died. And I just, oh, yeah, that was a sin.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Sin. He needs to oh,
1: poor Schmitter. Poor Schmitter. Um, however, my first sin is Schmitter is that he just accepts his fate and screams instead of firing his phaser.
0: Everyone does. That's a big just sin for me too. Just quit it. Oh, my
1: goodness. This, I, I know it moves fast, but get off one
0: shot. Mama Horda is fast and yeah. she emits this aura of fear. It's it's mm. like when everyone has to roll wisdom saving Paralyzed. throw, you know, yeah. and they're just failing it terribly.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Your turn, ambassador.
0: Um I'm going to sin just like I do in every single thing that I see—an action show that requires a woman to wear a heel. Mm. Lovingly, in this one, the men are required to wear a heel. Yes. And I, I love was about it. to say
1: there are no women in this episode.
0: No, <laughs> no, that's another sin. Um, yes, it is. All of the all of the Starfleet has the hit the heel going on, mm-hmm. um, which you can see like really, really dominantly at the beginning of this episode because it kind of has a nice shot of of yeah. this boot and it the is a healed boot
1: yeah well i mean shatner needed it he's not the tallest of people and the, they do have this thing about making him taller but i think everybody is wearing healed boots i do I want those boots so bad um my next one was listing the minerals um the 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 guy is um the guy the head miner is like listing all of the minerals There's platinum there's gold there's whatnot and P- K- kirk is like yes i'm aware of that and the scene would be yeah but the audience isn't captain kirk like there's no reason for the miner to be listing everything that they mine here because it's so obvious to kirk he's just like yeah i know you're fueling half the quadrant why are you listing me these things well because the audience needs to know sir
0: someone has to tell us okay
1: mm-hmm. exposition
0: i loved this moment but i but laughed you're sin it? Mm-hmm. and so that usually like if i laugh at something and it's not meant to be funny I think that's probably like it's a it's a clue for me that there's a sin there,
1: yeah, if the show didn't intend it to be funny, yes,
0: yeah, but i I laughed, um, and it is the moment when they're exploring what if silicon based life life can be can exist and things like this. they're kind of having this sort of conversation about is it possible, you know et cetera, et cetera, and for some reason, Kirk has like like a coffee cup all of a sudden i just <laughs> yeah i don't know why
1: i saw you giggle at that it it's uh, so
0: funny to me
1: yeah spock's explaining some science and it's just this cut to kirk just, it's just this cut to cup. kirk
0: and he's like mm-hmm.
1: no dialogue i like i didn't know if there was meant to be a line <laughs> and he forgot it so I'm like i'm gonna just drink this instead of doing my line there was a there's a really similar moment so that funny. actually is deliberate and i wasn't too sure if it was deliberate But it's when Kirk is holding the ball, uh, sorry, Spock is holding the ball, Kirk comes around and says, you're fascinated by it. And Spock thinks to himself and then McCoy, like, just, I just thought it was a bit of direction. Steps forward, raises an eyebrow and looks at him. And I thought that was just a weird bit of positioning people on and making it more active. But it was a deliberate move. That's that's McCoy, like, rubbing his fists and, like, just getting ready to shoot Spock down again. (laughs) And Spock's just like, i've already set up the doctor enough i'm not going to give him any more ammunition at this point in time and it's just, it's a beautiful like McCoy. mccoy shuts spock down without even uttering a word
0: um chat's brought it up and it's on my list so i'm gonna go to this one next yeah spock is way too obsessed with these balls but also touches them so there's like a textbook sin why mm. are you touching the thing you don't No, you don't know what it is
1: stop touching the bowls. you don't
0: know if it's hot you don't know if it's heavy you don't know if it's somebody's neglect the bowls. prized item like what if what if that was something that the you know mining captain guy owned that was really valuable to him and you're just going over and just like oh hey what's this like don't touch my fucking shit don't touch it (laughs) just
1: leave leave it alone this isn't
0: your space this isn't your spaceship go stop touching things
1: (laughs) stop stop it i mean he says it's worthless and yet he has one in his office i was like well it's not that worthless then you must like think it's pretty or something
0: can i just say it's a sin like how do you not know they're fucking eggs
1: okay well uh, okay i'll address that i thought they were droppings it wasn't until later in the episode that i thought they are they were eggs so i thought the evidence was that this creature was creating droppings and that's how they figure out that it's a creature because it's secreting and these are the secretions not the eggs
0: the time when you send this is when Kirk goes into the cave of the future, the chamber yeah. of tomorrow, and sees them all. And they've the miners, they look have, like eggs. the miners have been mining them or cracking them or dancing yeah. on them or whatever. They're playing baseball with them, God knows what. <laughs> and they look like eggs. And yes. I, I, my confusion is what's inside of them. Like it was clearly eggshell with just mm-hmm. nothing. So what Little was inside things. of it? Yeah you know is it just like magically mm-hmm. one time then something appears there that'd be fucking cool like instant mm-hmm. instant meatball is instant I don't know yep. anyway <laughs> it was like a big reveal like oh, are they eggs and it, and I'm thinking you guys are cracking them open how do you not know that they're the miners should have at least been like oh that makes sense because we've been scrambling them and eating them for breakfast <laughs> oh no
1: but then they would know they would know if they were eating rocks for breakfast they would know what they're they would know what they're eating
0: ridiculousness
1: yeah, it's it is weird. I think these aren't these miners aren't the smartest people that we've ever seen. Um, there was another, <laughs> just uh, would have been a, a sex tape sin. Um, is um, I think it's Kirk that describes it as it's big and shaggy. <laughs> like title of my sex tape.
0: Wow, love wow. those so much. Yeah. Those are my favorite.
1: They're your favorite sins for sure.
0: Question. Mm. Don't think this is a sin, but maybe it's just. I'm reminded of this. There's a moment in this episode when Spock basically gets like, oh, somebody's watching us. Is that because he's mm. telepathic?
1: Yeah, okay. I think so. Like he's sensing a mind. He's sensing oh, okay. an intelligence. Okay. Yeah. So he's Which a Which We would use to ish. sin later on. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: We would use that to sin, like, oh hey, why didn't you detect the Horta, But why didn't you detect the Klingon that was around the corner? Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay,
0: okay. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm, it's
1: in it works for this episode.
0: Okay. I just I just remembered that that happened and I and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if he was scanning something and I missed it because there was that moment when he goes over like in the background and he's just like obsessively looking oh, at his maybe, little scanner
1: maybe maybe but he did know. actually detect them on the scanner perhaps I, was, I, was I can't confused. remember uh Spock Bean Spock um
0: uh, my my next sin though for sure would be like why why aren't people going in pairs but then I think that the answer is that wisdom saving throws for everyone are failing so I don't know that it matters oh, absolutely yeah
1: yeah absolutely I mean, linked to that is uh, Spock giving Kirk the odds and saying, yeah, it's 2,000 to one or whatever that we both die. Are those odds affected by you deliberately splitting up just because you found two corridors? Kirk's just like, well, there's two corridors. I guess we split up. Like, you have 100 people down there. You should not be splitting up and going alone. Now is your command decision to not sacrifice both of you. Jesus, Kirk. And Spock just goes along with it.
0: But when he swaggers away towards that tunnel, my god, what a swagger he has.
1: Oh, he does. He walks like like he has one of those silicon balls in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to walk down this corridor like I own it.
0: Oh! My first time were his cadence really Yes. It, I thought about I, that too. There was one I don't remember the line now.
1: He it's when Um, They're talking about the silicon-based life form. Is it yes, I remember hearing about the possibility of a silicon-based life form.
0: Yeah, there was... You
1: have to admit there's at least a chance.
0: (laughs) It was some form of natural something. It was some form. And I wrote it down, some form in caps, and I forgot it was... Yeah, I heard heard my my first cadence.
1: You did. It's so apparent in that. I'm so glad you picked up on it. It's like, Dr. McCoy, there's... Some form, some form of life that could be made of
0: rocks. <laughs> there was like two things I noticed. One is like Scotty, <laughs> he just talks to his teeth. He doesn't really move his teeth. Doesn't Captain. move his teeth. Yeah, he's just and and, and, I, and I was obsessed with that. This episode it was just I don't even know what he was saying. I was like, wow, he's like his teeth don't move. That's amazing. And then of course the cadence got me this time. But that's it's not so a good. sin, okay? That's just oh, an it's observation. A sin. Are you kidding? No, it's, it's a not. Sin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no way. I love
1: it. <laughs> um. So. Kirk says that planets are screaming out for a solution to this problem because reactors are starting to shut down already. There's a supply chain issue here. Like, the the reactor has only just been switched off. And already there wrong. are planets fucked. Yeah. Like, why did it take you so long to get here? Or if the, the transfer of minerals is to the second, you, you've got a problem here. You need another reactor. You shouldn't have reactors shutting down on entire planets because of a couple days delay like somebody's either too slow to react or their supply chain issues are just all over the place yeah the problem had
0: already happened at that point in time yeah you're already in shit i mean they even had like the really cool like special effects where when the hoarder wrote like like the don't kill me line and it was like sizzling Mm. that must have been pretty fun like we're gonna just no kill eye. like how how did they do the little chemical reaction on set for that to work that was pretty cool. Oh,
1: i love that uh we'll never know though because it could be done in it could be part of the upgrade
0: oh because this
1: is the re- we're watching the remastered ones i mean, they were remastered in the 90s or the noughts or something
0: oh that's interesting right like maybe it's just done in post now as, a, as an extra yeah, i wonder if anybody remembers the original or or n- knows it well enough to remember if it's smoked in the Mm. original or not
1: because that entrance that the horta when it runs back when it runs back into the tunnel and the tunnel is all steaming and whatnot for me that looked too modern for the 60s but i i I don't know
0: yeah well now that i so that would be my sin removal my sin would would be now that we're talking about the metal part like don't touch it it's still covered in caustic material don't Mm -hmm. go through there but then they're like just risking going through this yes. Look, give it a minute
1: just give it a minute it's there's fine.
0: already an idiot inside who went in without thinking about it yeah. um let just just talk through the hole you know it's
1: <laughs> amazing um i had one from spock so this is where <laughs> this is when spark kirk is with the um with uh kirk is with the horta for the first time and spock is in the other tunnel and they're on the the communicators and spock says it's a like i'm on my way it's a proven killer spock out no no spock out stay on the comms like you run towards your captain open communications like there's no need to cut him off just stay just keep the thing open no spock out uh, The that- how did Kirk die? I don't know. I hung up on him. How well does that look in your report?
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But it also reminds me of that moment. Where, like This is just how Kirk communicates. He's so casual, like I mentioned in yeah. the last episode. When he comes back on, he's like, yeah, I'm here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm here. Like There's a landslide. It's like, Kirk, Captain, are you there? Yeah, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm here. What do you need?
1: Beam down to the planet. Everyone's dead. Hang up. <laughs>
0: Be right there. It's boop, boop, boop,
1: boop, boop. That's amazing. Your turn, Ambassador.
0: Um, I don't know how evolution should work,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: but I'm
0: thinking because of our silliness, like we have a silly job, you know, we we send silly things. But would we try to send something about the evolution of this creature that quote many generations of quarter every fifty thousand years, all but one die. But then that one has to survive long enough mm-hmm. for the eggs to hatch mm-hmm. to be the mama bear to the next generation mm-hmm. that then live for 50,000 years yeah. and then all but one die. So this is just a terrible idea, right? Like what what is going on that this needs to be their evolutionary cycle?
1: Let me let me talk to you about overpopulation. <laughs> so-
0: <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to talk about the snap, aren't we? <laughs>
1: There, i'm I am not even going to pretend that I'm an evolutionary Scientologist, <laughs> but scientific expert we but have a biologist my, in
0: the chat so this is great go on
1: let's do it let's go my my instinct is that the selective pressure for that I don't know about it being a conscious decision decision is that there are a certain amount of resources on the planet so it might make sense for there to be a culling at some point to so like when you when you farm fields you' You alternate your field. So there's one year where one you don't farm on at all because the earth can regrow and then you plant it the next year. So this is a time for the planet to regrow its minerals and then sustain life again. Whereas if you keep mm. duplicating and breeding and breeding and breeding, the species dies out because it runs out of resources. But this way, there's a symbiosis between the planet and the horter. So that's that would be my, my guess if I was going to put some reasoning to it.
0: So maybe we don't send it. Or maybe we do.
1: We sin it, and then uh, just the nerd thing how, cuts us off.
0: How funny would it be if, like, Kirk or whomever it was that was explaining the cycle go, I mean, I think it was Spock, because he was the one that did the mind meld and was learning about mm. their history, and he, he says, yeah. you know, every 50,000 years, they all, everybody but one dies, and it's just, mm-hmm. we cut in, like, that is a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that sucks. At least like, two. This
0: works. Just, yeah. just two. Ten. That way, Leave if somebody behind. gets a cold, you have a backup
1: exactly one of them gets shot in the ass you're okay um da, 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 da. what else did i have so my biggest sin of the episode is that the horta agree to this plan now the humans fine the logic is that the the humans are going to direct them towards the mineral rich deposits and in return the horta will then tunnel into them so then the humans can get at them as well so there's a symbiosis between them i just feel like the horta were doing fine without the humans like and then so this feels like kidnapping because the Horta knows that the type 2 phaser is going to kill them so they're kind of being held hostage here they don't have a lot of bargaining power i think in tng era we would leave this planet and just let the horta carry on there's a prime directive thing here this isn't a warp capable species this is a species that is just in this life cycle that the humans are disrupting and i think there's they're an intelligent species we know that there's a bit of a gray area here about I, I don't think this is above board i don't think this is okay
0: yeah yeah but everyone pictures it as a happy ending yeah and again how do they make sure that the horda is being treated fairly like it's depending entirely on these miners who you're gonna have a, Vulcan have a there at all times of, i mean how long do humans live at this point point? 120 years maybe like
1: 140 ish yeah so yeah.
0: we we have we have a, a that amount of not even like let's say 120 years let's say you, you you come in to the mining base when you're 20 years old and you work there for the rest of your life we're trusting that this person is going to keep the agreement that was made between a mine meld x amount of hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. and it's going to last 50,000 or whatever it just doesn't seem like a good idea but you know what we weren't there we don't know
1: we were there we don't know we're also not famous for mining responsibly so this might be something that changes in the future but i imagine we strip this planet dry and then leave and then what happens to the water? yeah I, I think there's a lot more this is one that i want the lower decks team to go back to and say this is the update on janus 6 the perineum mine has been closed
0: oh my god <laughs> um i don't really think i have much else that we haven't said i have we have so many sins to cover yeah, um, hang
1: around in the outtakes for some more sins and also some science lessons from one of our our listeners in the chat. Drop some science on us, yes. One of our science officers uh, has dropped some stuff in the chat that we're going to talk about. But yeah, anything else, Ambassador?
0: No, I love this episode. Highly recommend it. Being yeah, on do. the list of the short list of things that you decide to introduce your friends to when they're considering watching Tos. This would be a fun this is one,, up there. yeah, this would be a fun one because I think the pacing is right. I don't know that I'd yeah. start with the Gorn episode. I think I'd start with this one, um, yeah, if I, was I think i'm I think I'm with you
1: there, yeah. yeah, I agree, so next week, Ambassador, I think this is gonna be our last t o s episode for a little while. We're going to do another monster episode. We're going all the way back to what is technically episode one. We're gonna be doing the mantrap, which is we had the pilot which was the the cage but that never aired this is the first episode of star trek that ever aired on tv the man trap and it does have an interesting monster in it so next week's episode is season one episode one slash episode two depending on how you're looking at it tos is the man trap until next time um talk to us drop us and drop us an email um captainspod at cinemasins.com reach out to us on twitter at Pod cs join the discord cinemasins um gg dot wait discord gg slash cinemasins and tell us how much you love the the ambassador loves mccoy <laughs> And until next week, I'm your captain, and I'm a podcaster, not a doctor.
0: And I see no reason to stand here and be insulted. That's
1: literally every week for you. Okay, fine. Uh, live, so no kill eye. No kill eye. <laughs> live long and pods back. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of
0: choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Welcome to Captain's Pod, everybody. It's going to be a new year next time we have an episode of the show. And that means that it's time for you to get your shit together. And there's only like a week left to to accomplish all goals of 2023. And not only that, but prepare yourself for the... Um, imminent doom of 2024, and all of the things that have to happen within 12 months to make sure that you are on pace, on par with your peers and the professionals that work around you. No pressure, but also so much fucking pressure.
1: I feel like you're listing a lot of your pressures.
0: What telling you. I wasn't <laughs> what even you close mean? to being done yet. Why did you interrupt me?
1: <laughs> That's a lot. You listed a lot of things. Is that just January 2024, or is
0: that the whole year? Yeah. <laughs> Right before I, I sat down, the last reels that I watched is swimming in my brain. So it's these this this couple people who catch this weird spider in the garage. It's mm-hmm. in a glass jar. They're tapping the counter and it's not reacting to it. But when they're looking at it through their camera and tapping the camera to autofocus, it flinches every time they tap their camera.
1: Interesting.
0: So it was a physicist i think that was responding to it to explain how the iphone uses this technology every time you tap your camera to focus specifically Mm -hmm. it sends out like this light ray essentially Mm. that evaluates the space to to tell it how to focus and what makes sense and that maybe this little critter is sensitive to that because it was like it would tap it and then it would move and they would tap, 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 and it would move, move, move. So it was very specific in, in line. This is so how we that, get Spider Man. This is how, um, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why it's swimming around in my brain. Like, I, we have, we've got problems on the horizon. <coughs> first things first, says Loder. Silicon based life forms are hypothetically possible. So bones is partially incorrect. Silicon belongs to the same group as carbon in the periodic table, and it's also tetravalent.
1: Tetravalent.
0: Just, yeah, as carbon, meaning it can share four of its electrons on its outer shell with other atoms. However, Bones is correct <laughs> that silicon based life forms could not survive in oxygen atmospheres because silicon reacts with oxygen and, quote unquote, burns. They apparently could survive in very hot atm- atmospheres like mm. mercury. I mean, holy shit. You come for the cursing and you stay for the knowledge. <laughs> Sin removal for arguably the greatest mind meld scene in franchise history.
1: Yeah, they should have stopped there. It's really? pretty great.
0: Are they bad after this?
1: No, they're not bad. Actually, the best one is objectively um, the one in Saric in TNG. That has the best mind meld um, in all of Star Trek history. But they do tend to get overused by the time we get to Voyager.
0: I don't know. That body sure. swap was pretty great in Strange New Worlds, but that's not a mind meld. <laughs> oh, that's a, no. that's something else entirely.
1: That was another ritual entirely. But yeah, same boat.
0: J A, who isn't here anymore, but this cracked me up. Literally, just came in on the fly and said, "I've only got a second, nothing <laughs> to do with this episode." I realized this week is how I realized this week how the gorn change. <laughs> like, you're like, I have I to have tell, to you, tell you this. <laughs> they incubate in a brood and an in, in, in an augment, which results in a virus that turns S and W gorn into TOS gorn.
1: Mm, that would be great.
0: Anyway, I just love this so much.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm, fun fact from Memory Alpha. Two days before filming of the Federation Council scenes in Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home, it was requested that one of the aliens present in the setting be a Horda ambassador. As notice of the request was given so soon before the scenes were shot. However, the creation of a Horda in time for fulfilling was an impossibility. Thus, the Horda Aww. failed to make an appearance in the film, which is bullshit because all you really need is a, <sighs> like a wiggly carpet.
1: That would have been amazing, which makes me think that they destroyed the Horter. Of course, like, they destroyed you the, use the original one, but they kept the Gorn. <coughs> Link, I did watch the last episode of the Doctor Who special. I have, oh, no. I have so yeah. many thoughts. I could do an extra. I kind of want to get together with Aaron and just do a one-off, one-hour show about the Doctor Who specials and maybe put it up in the sing club or something. <coughs> I can absolutely agree that Neil Patrick Harris was an incredible toy maker. That, the mask kind of inspired dance in the middle of the episode where he does a, I'm the king of the and beat, shik shiki boom, shik shiki boom. They ha- he does a version. It just reminded me of that so much. That was incredible. I want a whole season of The Toy Maker. I have thoughts about the ending, but overall, I'm super freaking excited for Shootie Gatwa. He's going to be such an incredible doctor
0: i was going on about kirk and we're talking about just different kinds of things with you know like the the militant style um leadership versus you know like picard mm. and we've got some strong opinions about like picard is just as bad in in some ways and so i really appreciate yeah. you guys saying that but um here's from uh, one from lord Janeway is a really good example of character's entire mood changing according to the episode's needs. She is either more understanding and respectful of Picard or a psycho. So Janeway
1: gets a little bit of a pass because much like Kirk, it's interesting you make that comparison because Janeway is on the frontier as well. She mm. is in the Delta Quadrant in ow contact lens, motherfucker. ow. <coughs> Janeway is also on the frontier and is just in the middle of nowhere, having to make command decisions very differently to what she's been trained to do. This is also her first command. Like, she is a brand new captain and she is out there 85,000 light years from home. And in theory, yes, you play by the same rules, but she's also got to get her crew home. So I don't think that's a, it's a super fair comparison.
0: And genocide is okay sometimes, according to Janeway um
1: yes (laughs) according to janeway straight up murder yeah uh, objectively voyager probably should have just landed on a planet rather than sacrifice so many other planets
0: uh josh said picard is undoubtedly a better um human than kirk but when it comes to eradicating the borg who are innocent members of every species ever picard says let them die again
1: Yes, it gets problematic when you realize you can save people. As soon as you realize, like, because Seven of Nine has been a Borg since she was eight or seven or whatever, however old she was, at that point you're deciding I'm going to kill them instead of rescue them and deborgify them. It, like, it gets really murky after that.
0: I like this one from Mark. First time I watched this episode was with my dad in the '80s. I remember having the stomach flu and couldn't keep anything down. Seeing an undulating cheeseburger monster made me sicker.
1: <laughs> oh, Aww. oh no! Flyboy, ruling request, McCoy. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. This is the first instance of an infamous trope. Sin removal for the nostalgia, or sin for starting the trope. Honestly, I could go either way. Um, I don't. It's one of those things where we'd want to acknowledge it because it it's the beginning of something and it's significant but i don't think it's big enough to be worthy of a sin removal but i also don't really want to sin it so i think we'd i think we would sin the lesser versions we would sin the fact that great now everyone's going to reference this even though it was it was funny the first time but the millions of references that come later are less so so we we may sin the future maybe that might be how i would do it um okay let's see we got some more science from slab the german word hort or linguistics male gender der hort means "hoard," as in a hoard of treasure or supplies derived from the latin hortus garden recently the word's meaning is extended to include all day nursery a place where you hoard children hence cognate to kindergarten uh fitting after the fact the role the horter had yeah it is a, a hoarder. it is a It is inexorably linked to the um, hoard of minerals and supplies. I like that.
0: Holy shit. There you go.
1: Y'all ready for this? (laughs) Can you tell me what song I was humming with? Because you didn't have your headphones on.
0: Y'all ready for this?
1: Wait. Uh, yeah, that that's right. That's what I was singing.
0: Oh, cool! Ian, look at this dog.
1: He's adorable. Look at him, limp and dead. It's amazing. He's not <laughs> dead yet.
2: I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nope. (laughs) And my tiny nipples went to France.
3: What the absolute fuck?